What's up, Chuck? Hello, Kevin. Today. Good. How about yourself? Good. Very tired. A lot of shoveling done today. Yes, I agree. You ready? Yes, I am. Alrighty, here we go, Chuck. Three, two, and one. Welcome, everybody, to the Saquon episode of Broad Sports. That's right. Just like episode 24 two weeks ago, I thought I'd have fun with this week's number. Um, this is episode number 26 of Broad Sports. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Cohn, and joining me back today, this is our first guest, I believe, in about six weeks. He was on a episode about our preseason predictions for the NFL back in August. That is my good friend, Charles Reinhardt. How are you doing today, Chuck? I'm well, Kevin. How are you today? I'm doing great, my man. Listen, so we're going to dive into my weekly segment that I've been doing this fall about the top 25 with the schedule. We'll also make some picks in those games, and then we'll make our NFL picks of the week, and we're at NFL week number But before we start, I also want to say something real quick. Congratulations, University women's basketball head coach Tara Vanderveer. Her win over Pacific on Tuesday night, that helped her pass the late, great Pat Summit for the most wins all time in NCAA women's basketball history with 1,099 wins. That is an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations, Coach Vanderveer. Absolutely. Congratulations to Coach Vanderveer. That's an amazing accomplishment. And also, another congratulations to another woman, Sarah Fuller. Last week, she became the first woman in Power 5 history to score in a Power 5 game. That is an amazing accomplishment, and I hope that there is more to her. I know that she's a senior this year, but I do hope that there are more women that get involved and hopefully kick for some college football teams. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. She really did open the floodgate, hopefully for more women to make that step forward in the college football and to make, live their dream of being on a college football team. I definitely agree, my man. Well, listen, let us dive into the top 25, our final college football playoff top 25 for the regular season. You ready, my man? I am. All righty, let's dive into it. At number 25, this team was ranked number 21 last week in the top 25, but unfortunately a loss on Saturday to rival Utah knocked them out of contention for the Pac-12 championship game but they at least get to stay in the rankings at number 25 out of the Pac-12 South, the Colorado Buffaloes. At number 24, this team joins into an not only the AP poll, but the college football playoff top 25, which is what we will be going off of. For the first time this season, they join a poll. This is also the first time in their school history that they have been included in the college football playoff top 25 out of the Mountain West Conference, the undefeated 6-0 San Jose State Spartans, which is the team that was supposed to play Penn State this year before COVID. <laughs> man, man, we were supposed to have so many good games this year, and we were supposed to play Virginia Tech this year in Blacksburg, and everything just got canceled. So hopefully uh, our game against Auburn next year uh, still goes through. I definitely agree with that. At number 23, this team was ranked number 24 in the nation last week. They moved up a spot. Now, they were supposed to play Cincinnati last week, but luckily, even though it was canceled, they're supposed to play this week in the American Championship game at number 23, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. 
At number 22, this team moved up one spot in the in the college football playoff top 25 rankings. At number 22, out of the ACC, the North Carolina State Wolfpack. At number 21, this team was ranked number 22 in the nation, but moved up a spot to number 21, our first Big 12 team, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. At number 20, this team was supposed to play the Kansas Jayhawks last week, but it was canceled due to the fact that they have a coronavirus outbreak on their team. I don't know if it's been handled at this point, but at number 20, the Texas Longhorns. At number 19, this team actually has, you wouldn't, you'd be surprised, this actually has an impressive resume, but they will get a rematch with Coastal Carolina for the Sun Belt Championship this weekend. At number 19, the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. It's been a long time since I thought I'd say the best team in Louisiana is the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. I definitely agree with that, my man. At number 18, this team got a big shellacking. They were absolutely crushed 62-26 to at home by Sam Howell and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Moving up, moving down from number 10 to number 18 are the Miami Hurricanes. At number 17, after a heartbreaking loss in Conway two weeks ago, stopped at the one-yard line. Reminders of Kevin Dyson with the Titans being stopped one yard short for the Rams to win the Super Bowl. They got a bounce-back win last week in their blackout game against San Diego State. Moving up from number 18 to number 17, the BYU Cougars. At number 16, this team won the Floyd of Rosedale Trophy last – or the Heartland Trophy, excuse me. Floyd of Rosedale is their rivalry game with Minnesota. But they won the Heartland Trophy for the first time for their senior class last week against the University of Wisconsin, keeping their ranking at number 16, the Iowa Hawkeyes. At number 15, the team that absolutely crushed Miami last week down in Miami – Moving up from number 17 to number 15, the North Carolina Tar Heels. At number 14, this team got a big victory against rival Illinois, and they will head to Indianapolis on Saturday, the number 14 Northwestern Wildcats. At number 13, this game was a must-win against rival UCLA, the Battle of the Victory Bell. They were down big early in the first half. But they luckily, they rallied to get a big win over rival UCLA. And they will head to the Pac-12 championship game tomorrow night. Since we're recording this on Thursday, I know, guys, I wanted to say Wednesday. But unfortunately, there were some scheduling conflicts. So I had to make this on, when, on Thursday instead of Wednesday this week. Mm-hmm. But at number 13, the University of Southern California or USC Trojans. At number 12. The Cinderella team of the year survived a scare in Alabama last Saturday at the hands of the Troy Trojans, but they escaped with a 42-37 to victory over the Trojans, and they will host the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns for the first Sun Belt Conference Championship for them in school history. 
at number 12, moving up from number 13, the Coastal Carolina Shauniclairs. At number 11, this team moved up one spot in the rankings, but unfortunately they had to cancel their rival game, their rivalry game for the Oaken Barrel against rival Purdue at number 11, the Indiana Hoosiers. At number 10, this team had to cancel their game once again against the University of West Virginia that still moves them up to the top 10, which I still believe is too high for them. At number 10, the Oklahoma Sooners. I absolutely agree. Number 10 is too high for OU at this point in the season. I definitely agree. At number nine, this team dropped down in the rankings just because they had a game canceled last week. At number nine, the Cincinnati Bearcats. At number eight, this team had a big road victory against then number 25, Georgia, moving them up, or excuse me, Missouri, against Missouri, moving up from number nine to number eight, the Georgia Bulldogs. At number seven, now, if you would have asked me Saturday night before this game played, I probably would have agreed with Joey Galloway and said that it was a blowout, but the LSU Tigers made him look like a clown and knocked out the number seven Florida Gators out of the college football playoff race. It was, that was a, quite a game to quite a game to behold the other night. I definitely agree. I actually watched the game. It's crazy how Kyle Trask entering that game, he had three interceptions the whole season. And in the first half alone, he threw two. Yeah. He threw a 68-yard pick six to Eli Ricks and then had the one of the craziest interceptions I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, college football really is a season full of ups and downs. Um, we'll talk more about the rankings later on, but I definitely still think that the loss to LSU wasn't as significant as some people are giving or making it out to be, but we'll talk about that later. But it really, it really is. um, It really was a crazy game. And it really just goes to show that just like any given Sunday in the NFL, any given Saturday in college football. Exactly. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, football, anything could happen on a dime, but I think you'd have to agree with me since me and you are both sport heads. Especially yeah. when you're betting, especially when you're betting, the hardest sport to bet, in my opinion, is baseball. Baseball is the most unpredictable sport there is. That's why I don't bet baseball. <laughs> exactly. At number six, this team, this is a big historic season for them. They've won their not only their first Big 12 championship in school history, this is also their first outright championship in school history, moving up from number seven to number six. And they will head to Dallas this weekend to take on the Oklahoma Sooners. At number six, the Iowa State Cyclones. And now here's the top five. Guys, the top five didn't change. (laughs) At number five, the Texas A&M Aggies. They were supposed to play Ole Miss last week. That game was canceled because of Ole Miss COVID issues. At number four, which I still think that A&M should be four. And this team should be five. But at number four. The team that caused that really just – and I get – I said this last week. I get why they did this move for financial reasons. But at the same time, I'm just not a big fan of the move. But they're going to the Big Ten championship game 
after the Big 12 threw that six-conference game rule in the trash, number four, the 5-0 and Ohio State Buckeyes, whose game against Michigan the game last week was canceled due to Michigan COVID issues. At number three, the Clemson Tigers. At number two, the undefeated Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And at number one, the undefeated Alabama Crimson Tide, who became the first team in SEC history to win 10 conference games in a season after giving the Arkansas Razorbacks the work 52-3. to Well, guys, that is it for our uh, top 25 rankings for Week 16. It's the final week of the regular season. Selection show will be this Sunday. Let us dive into the schedule. Like I said, it is crunch. This is the most important week of all. It's championship weekend. The selection show is Sunday at noon. They will announce the teams usually a little bit later. They usually announce them around one-ish. But that is still – there's a lot of teams that are fighting for potential spots. Yeah, you have, you have uh, Texas A&M, as you already said. Um, Iowa State could prove a point if or could uh, make a – Make a run, considering how the um, how the Big Twelve championship goes and how the other championship games go. Florida could make a Florida could have a, an argument based on how the SEC championship goes. There really is a bunch of different scenarios that could that could pan out. It's going to be really interesting to watch the games this Saturday and see how everything right. see how everything um uh, uh, falls. Because yeah, I def I definitely agree. Because also people have even been saying. If Northwestern upsets Ohio State, they're not completely out of the race. They're not, no. Is the, I mean, yes. The committee loves so the Big Ten. It's the Michigan State, but when you have a win over Ohio State, and then Wisconsin, well, the Wisconsin win is not as pretty anymore, but when you have a win over Ohio State, that's hard to, uh, it's hard to overlook. Yeah, that's, this is true, but I think the committee looks more critically at losses than they do at wins. Because if you oh, look like definitely. if you look back when like you know I'm a Penn State guy, back when Penn State yeah. beat Ohio State, they they didn't put. I mean, Penn State was one of the hottest teams in college football at the time of the selection. They beat Ohio State that year, obviously, but they saw the two losses on their record. They saw the loss to Pitt, and they yeah. didn't they didn't put them in. And that's I think that's the main reason why Penn State was not in a comfortable playoff that that season, and Ohio State was. But oh, I definitely agree. It's like I definitely think. Either I definitely think Ohio State win or loss still stays in the top four, just because I've, I feel the committee loves the Big Ten and the big the committee always wants to have a Big Ten representative in their college football playoff. And as a Big Ten guy, I would even if it's not my team, unfortunately, I would like to have a Big Ten representative in the college football playoff. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that, my friend. Let's dive into the top twenty-five. Uh, schedule for this week i'm also going to include another game now this team is ranked in the ap poll but they're not ranked in the college football playoff top 25 let's just start with that game i don't have an under an over under or a spread on this game currently but it is the mac championship between the number 23 in the ap poll buffalo bulls against the ball state cardinals in detroit for the mac championship game for the buffalo bulls this is their second time heading back to the MAC championship game in three years. However, they haven't won since 2008, since the team they coincidentally beat in 2008, the Ball State Cardinals, and this is also their first time making it back since 2008. Who you got in that matchup? I definitely think I got Buffalo. Buffalo has been 
building up that program for a couple of years now. I remember when I think it was last season, Penn State played Buffalo and Penn State still won, but Buffalo still hung around in the game, hung around the game for a little while. So it's I do like some action. I'm a, I'm a big action guy. So I definitely I, I definitely, definitely think agree. Buffalo wins this game though. I mean, I agree. I'm a big matching guy, but also, I kind of want to go with the underdog and pick Ball State. Yes, Jared Patterson is probably going to run all over them, but also Ball State. This team has consistently been awful since their magical run in 2008, when they lost to Buffalo in the MAC championship game, got blown out. But if they would have won in 08. They would have gone to a BCS champion, the BCS uh, playoff game or bowl game. Mm-hmm. So I might be picking Ball State. Anyway, let's dive into these championship games on Friday, December eighteenth, twenty twenty. Yeah, that's right. Next Friday is Christmas. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. At eight p.m. on Fox. That means we're gonna get Gus Johnson and Joel Clack. Oh, I yeah. love those two. Oh yeah. We have the Pac-12 championship game between the number 13, 5-0 USC Trojans against, well, this is the funniest part. It was supposed to be Washington. Yep. Washington won the Pac-12 North. These two, Well, Washington and Oregon, they were supposed to play last week, got canceled. So Washington won the Pac-12 North. And then they went back on Monday and said, nah, we're pulling out COVID issues. So they give it to Oregon. Mm-hmm. So now it is against the three and two Oregon Ducks, which also the fact that USC has a better chance to make the college football playoff than Clemson is stupidity at its finest. This is a whole topic for like a whole other episode of broad sports, but we could, there's definitely a lot to talk about the current system of the college, of the CFP and having the top four teams battle it out for the national championship. Like you know the whole uh, the whole discussion about you know the eighteen playoff and how that could benefit more teams. Um, I I do think it's ridiculous how a team like USC who has been coming back recently but aren't you know as good as they historically have been. Um, I do think it's a bit ridiculous how a team like Clemson who's been so successful recently and have a great infrastructure of players and coaches. I do think it's ridiculous how a team like that or a, a team like Clemson has a hard, more difficult path to the college football playoff and ultimately a national championship than a team like USC. Yeah, definitely. Because I looked at the percentage to make the college football playoff. USC was at 49%, basically 50, 50. And Clemson is only at 45. Well, it, which is, you can which say is it's weird. because they're playing another top four team, but in, we'll talk about it when we go, when we go over the matchups, but exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just save it for that. But you know, it's that's probably the main reason why. Yeah, I definitely agree. But anyway, the Trojans they are favored in this game by three points, and the over under is sixty four. Do you have Oregon repeating as Pac twelve champions, or will there be a new Pac twelve champion? I would love to see USC win, just because I think a good USC program is really good for college football. And like I said, the team has kind of fallen from grace a little bit over the in the recent years. But I do think. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to take USC in this one just because, you know, like Oregon's really not supposed to be there to begin with. That doesn't mean they can't win, but I do think I'm going to take, I would take USC in this one. I definitely agree. I'm taking the USC Trojans, especially because there's been a lot of controversy. Apparently they want to get rid of Clay Hit. 
Clay Helton. Mm-hmm. And apparently they're looking at Urban Meyer for Clay Helton's vacancy. But also the crazy thing when you look at it, so before it was the Pac-10, it was consistently just teams like USC and UCLA winning the Pac-10. However, since they moved over to the Pac-12, when they added in Nebraska – I mean, not Nebraska, when they added in Colorado and Utah, and they made the North and South an actual championship game, only one time has a team from the South won, and that was USC back in, I think, 2017. Yeah, yeah, the Sam Darnold days. Every other team. It's been Stanford, Washington, and Oregon. Mm -hmm. That's it. Well, yeah, well – the teams in the in the north of the Pac-12 recently have had, you know, last year we had Justin Herbert at Oregon, and we had uh, Washington had a really good season. I think that was in 2017 when they went to the college football 16. playoff. 16, okay. 16. Yeah. So the, the Pac-12 has seen some success in the Pac-12 north, north recently, even though most of the historical teams in the Pac-12 are in the south, which is kind of funny to think about. Yeah, exactly. Well, Indiana and Purdue has been canceled once again this week, so the Battle of the Oaken Barrel will not partake. This season, Indiana will hold on to the barrel. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, December 19th at noon on ABC, we have a top 10 matchup for the Dr. Pepper Big 12 championship game. It is the number six Iowa State Cyclones against the number 10 Oklahoma Sooners. The Sooners are actually favored by five and a half, and the over-under is 58. Do you have the Sooners winning their, I believe it's fifth or sixth straight title, or do you have the Cyclones becoming the new kings of the Big 12? I really hope it's the Cyclones, but knowing, you know, historically, historically the better programs do win these kinds of games. So I think I would take the Oklahoma Sooners, unfortunately. I'm not the biggest Sooner fan because I think the program has been, you know, kind of been overrated over the past couple of years. Like, I did not like how they made it into the college football playoff last year. I didn't like that at all. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I think the Big 12 is, you know, not the best conference, and I think it kind of gets overblown a little bit just because of some of the programs that are in the Big 12. And I think the Big, yeah, I think the Big 12 needs to uh, definitely add some more teams to, the, to that conference because that conference is weak. And the Big 12 uh, – I'm just never a fan of a big 12 representative in the college football playoff, just because, you know, Oklahoma every year, they have one of the best coaches in college football. Who's a quarterback whisperer makes every quarterback look amazing. And they play against other teams in their conference that don't have nearly as good a defense as other conferences do. So they go, you know, they go into, you know, TCU or they'll go to, they'll go to Morgantown in West Virginia and they'll hang 50 points on a bad big 12 defense. And everyone thinks, Oh, Oklahoma is really good this year. But in reality, they're not playing anyone nearly as good as like Ohio State plays every year or Alabama plays every year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. So I, I, I do think I'm going to take Oklahoma in this game. I'm just kind of if if Iowa State wins, they could really vie for a playoff spot depending on how the other games go. And I kind of don't want that to happen just for like reasons I just said because I think I'm I I don't really like having two ACC representatives or two conference representatives in the college football playoff. But I do think this year it's definitely necessary because I, I just don't think the Big 12, as of right now, this season, deserves a spot in the Big 12 or in the uh, Patrick playoff. Yeah, I definitely agree. Except I'm going to take Iowa State because I think Brees Hall, that guy is a dog. He became the first one since I think LT to have 
eight rushing touchdowns in the team's first eight games yeah. of the season. He is a beast on the ground. And also Brock Purdy, he is a better quarterback in my eyes compared to Spencer Rattler. Yes, Rattler's young, but I think Purdy has more experience playing in the Big 12 than Rattler does. Yep. And also, these teams played each other week three. Iowa State was down by like 10 points at one time, and they came back and won. I'm taking the Cyclones. Yeah, you definitely make a good point about Brock Purdy. And I think Brock Purdy is going to be a pretty decent NFL player. Uh, if we're if we want to get that, I think he'll be a good like second, third round pick at quarterback. Considering we have a pretty pretty heavy quarterback draft class this year, I think if yeah, definitely. if the, he wasn't coming out the same year as Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, I definitely think he'd be considered a first round talent. Uh, I definitely agree. I think he'll. I think honestly, when I do a mock draft later, I think he'll probably be more like a third or fourth round talent because of it because he'll be overlooked by these guys. And especially Ellinger, too. He'll probably be a late-round talent as well from the University of Texas. Yep. But let's move into our next game, which the times this year have thrown me off completely because this is when the SEC championship would usually happen. But at 4 o'clock – yeah, that's right. I said it. 4 o'clock on ABC from Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, home of the Carolina Panthers – we have the number two Notre Dame Fighting Irish against the number three Clemson Tigers. It is the rematch. The Tigers' spread is a lot lower. Excuse me. The spread is a lot lower than I thought it was going to be. Clemson's only favored by 10.5, and, and the over-under is 60. This is going to be a great game. Like, I'm really looking forward to this one. Like, I, I'm probably uh, – I'd I, probably take Clemson in this one just to get that out of the way before I start rambling about the ACC championship game. But yeah, um, this is going to be a really fun game to watch the the game uh, in South Bend earlier in the season. That was a really fun game to watch. And Clemson didn't oh, even definitely. have their starting, their starting quarterback. It was exactly it, uh, the thing that really impressed me about Notre Dame in that game was their ability to take away the Clemson Tigers powerful run offense with a uh, Travis Etienne. And, yeah. And now that they, they knew that's what they had to do in order to win because they knew they had a, uh, a true freshman quarterback starting that game. Uh, his name uh, eludes me at this time. DJ Ui Angalale. That's right, yeah. I knew it was something. I believe that's Polynesian. It is. Yes. Um, you, considering they knew they were playing against uh, a true freshman in that game, so they knew they had to take away the run game against a really good running back and a good offensive line, and they did just that. So it's going to be really – interesting to see how Notre Dame handles both that running game and now probably the best college football quarterback in the last five to 10 years in uh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I definitely agree. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in to be watching this, uh, this big heavyweight matchup. Now, as far as the college football playoff goes, I, both teams are definitely in, I think. I, I don't think there's any doubt. No doubt in my mind, both teams will make it. There's in. not a doubt in my mind that both teams are going to be in. The only question is, how like if you know if Notre Dame wins or if, if Clemson wins, does Clemson go above Notre Dame and go to number two, and Notre Dame drops to number three, or you know, does or would like the loser drop down to number four, and if Ohio State beats Notre Dame uh, Northwestern, excuse me, do they move into the top three? It's you know, it's, there's yeah, exactly. there's a lot of variables that go into this now. There definitely is a lot of variables. But, yeah, I'm definitely taking Clemson in this game. But I give – a lot of people don't give Notre Dame the credit 
that they had for the win. Oh, Trevor Lawrence didn't play, and if Trevor Lawrence uh, played, then uh, they would have won. Okay, people don't take into account that Travis Etienne, the leading rusher in ACC history, Mm -hmm. was held to 33 yards on 18 carries, and DJ Uwe Ungalale. I can't thank you enough, YouTube. DJ Uwe Ungalale. Threw for 450 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, he bought out that game. And what what's the most that Trevor Lawrence, except for that Georgia Tech game, what's the most that he's thrown? Like 320? Yeah. Yeah. I believe that I believe that's correct, yeah. Like, I give Notre Dame credit for their win because also they're two completely different quarterbacks. Yeah, ab- like absolutely. Uwe Angolale, he prefers to pass the ball more. Compared to Trevor Lawrence, who likes to hit his check down, who likes to hand it off to his running back, he's not usually a deep threat guy. In this, t- I mean, if he had, well, if he had Justin Ross, who unfortunately had to sit out this season due to a neck injury, then he would have a deep threat. But hey, I mean, Trevor, uh, Amari Rogers is still a very good wide receiver. A Trevor Lawrence-less Clemson Tigers football team is still a really good football team. That team has so much talent. Hundred percent. Yeah. So like, you have like. I do think it's ridiculous how Notre Dame, who is a really good football team this year, is not getting all the uh, credit they deserve for beating the Clemson Tigers during their their matchup in South Bend this season. Exactly. And also, Ian Book is a good quarterback at Notre Dame. And he became – he has – he finished his Notre Dame career undefeated at home. Yep. A perfect 15-0. and That is the second-best record by a Notre Dame quarterback. Who is he behind? I believe it's uh, Lonnie Rice. Ah, okay. Who is 16-0. and And he finished 15-0. and It's really – it really is crazy how how far this program has kind of come because Notre Dame, not not so uh, long ago, wasn't really that much of a power anymore. But um, uh, they've really come back. Brian Kelly has really uh, turned they that have. program around. Oh, I 100% agree. And I – and also, it's really also look at all the talent that has made it into the NFL oh, yeah. from Notre Dame in the Brian Kelly era. Let's see, you got, I mean, some of them aren't as good anymore, but you have Manti Teo, you have Tyler Eifert, you have Chase Claypool, you have Miles Boykin, you have a lot of Julian Love, you have a lot of guys from Notre Dame in the NFL yep. right now. Now the question must be asked though: Who do you have in this game, uh, Kevin? I'm going to take Clemson. However. I do think that the that the Irish will cover the spread. Yes, so do I. You can call me crazy all you want because this is what I said in the in my solo episode I did before the Notre Dame Clemson game the first time. The reason why BC lost to Clemson when Uwe Ungalale was playing was because BC liked to play a more conservative style defense. Notre Dame's favorite thing is to blitz the ball, and they are a blitz-heavy team. That's how I knew that Notre Dame was going to win the game because they put a – even though Uwe Ungalale threw 450 yards and five touchdowns, they applied the pressure early and got to him. Mm-hmm. So I do think that it will be a grudge match. I don't think – I know, especially my little brother, everyone has been saying, oh, Clemson's going to win in a blowout. Clemson's going to win in a blowout. I just don't see it. Because Notre Dame's defense is really good. No, it's definitely going to be – it's not going to be as high scoring as the last matchup was, I don't think. But I do think this is going to be uh, This is going to be a bar fight. This is not going to be, you know, 
400, no, 400 passing yards be. for both quarterbacks like it was last time. This is no. this is going to be no. – I think both defenses are going to – you know now they have some tape on the other team's offense. They're going to uh, button up the thing, the problems that gave them last time, the other, the other team's offense exactly. gave them last time. I, I think for me, yeah. I'm definitely going to take Clemson as well just because when you have a matchup like this, I think it's really important to look at the team's quarterbacks. So when I'm taking uh, – when I'm looking at teams – I, or when I, look, when I look at these two teams, excuse me, I definitely think, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback than Ian Book. Ian Book is still a very good quarterback. He's very talented. But when I'm, you know, have these two teams that are pretty neck and neck, I always look to the most important position on the field to uh, make my pick. And in this case, or it, that's usually the quarterback. So in this case, I'm definitely taking Clemson just because they have Trevor Lawrence on their sideline. Yeah, I definitely agree, but – Either way, both these teams are going to make the playoff because with Notre Dame, you can't over – even though Trevor Lawrence is on the field, you can't overlook the fact that they beat Clemson in double yep. overtime. You can't overlook that. Yep. Moving on, at noon on Fox, we have the Big Ten Championship game. This is going to be another Gus Johnson-Joel Clack game. Team that probably shouldn't have made it in, in my opinion, the number four Ohio State Buckeyes against the Northwestern Wildcats. The Ohio State Buckeyes are favored by 20.5 points, and the over-under is 57. Hey, don't sleep on the Northwestern Wildcats here. They have a sneaky good defense. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, they, they have a sneaky good defense. And the Ohio State Buckeyes, while they are still a good team, they're not as dynamic as they've been in years past. No, And their defense all. hasn't been as good. So I definitely think that Ohio State still – I think Ohio State wins. You can make all the arguments all you want that Ohio State shouldn't be in the champ- in the Big Ten championship. There was like this whole thing around going around the Penn State University uh, community. It was kind of a joke, but how it Penn- was a complete joke. Yeah, how Penn State might be able to still make the, the Big Ten championship game because Ohio State didn't have enough games to to qualify. Um, yeah, and some people actually, you know, people that I know, they actually wanted Penn. They were really hoping that it would go through and that Penn State would go to the Big Ten championship. And I was, I would just say, like, why would you even want that? The team's not good. Well, they were going to give it to Indiana. They were going to give it to Indiana. Indiana was having COVID concerns at the time. But they still would have given it to them yeah. due to the fact that they're 6-1. and one. But Yeah, Indiana. I thought Indiana really had a shot to make it in. Um, obviously, they – Well, they did. Yeah, they lost, they lost Michael Penix Jr., unfortunately. So Which hurt. But also, their backup Tuttle – Yeah, he's good. Played really well against Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin's no team to sneeze at either. Like, they're a pretty good football team, even though they only played, like, what, like four games? Yeah, so it's been a very weird year in college football, obviously, but I I do think it's the right move to put Ohio State in just because I do think it's good for the Big Ten brand, unfortunately. I hate to say it. I really do because I hate Ohio State. I'm a a born and raised Penn State fan. I've hated Ohio State since I was a kid, but I do think it's good for the brand, for the Big Ten, for them to be in the Big Ten championship. And I do think it's fair that they got it because they did beat Indiana and they did beat, you know, they won it fair and square. Yeah, but they're definitely. I, I don't now getting into the college football playoff. That's a whole other debate because you can make the argument for A and M because A and M is the better resume. They did. Oh, they definitely. did loot. You know, get blown up by Alabama. I think the score for that was like, uh, like it's like fifty two twenty four. Some, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. The only big challenge they had, they kind of faltered a little bit. I mean, a little bit, a lot, but. They beat Florida. Yeah, they, but they beat Florida, exactly. And Florida's a good – like, lost to LSU or not, they're still a really good football team. Exactly. And 
you know, you can really make the case. If if Notre if Northwestern wins this game and wins the Big Ten championship, I definitely think A and M should go in. I'm hundred percent for that. Oh, I agree. Because hundred percent. As long as like I said like I said earlier, I do I would love to have a Big Ten representative in the college football playoff, even even if it's not, you know, my Nittany Lions, but I want the best four teams to be in this playoff system, be in the playoffs. And I, if Ohio State loses, I think A&M gets that four spot, or they should get that four spot. Yeah, I definitely agree. Even though I'll be rooting for the Northwestern Wildcats on Saturday, I'm going to pick the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah. At noon on ESPN, this game is not a conference championship game. This is just a makeup game from, I think, over a month ago, but – we have the number five Texas a and Aggies traveling to Neyland Stadium to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. The Aggies are favored by 14 points, and the over-under is 51 points. I'm going to make the short and sweet gig em. Yep, gig em. We'll just leave it at that. At 3.30 on ESPN, from Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina, the Sun Belt Championship game between number 12 Coastal Carolina and number 19, Louisiana Lafayette. The Shana Clears are favored by three points, and the over-under is 55. I think the Shana Clears continue to roll. They're going to get to 12-0. and 0. But even if Louisiana wins, you can't – like, their resume is very impressive. Their one big win this year is against the number six team in the nation, and their only loss is to the number 12 team in the nation. Yeah, I think this is going to be a pretty good, t- pretty good game. Um I'm looking up the sco- the previous score when these teams uh, met up. I I know that the Coastal won, I believe, on a walk off or hit a game winning field goal with like one second yep. left. I want to say I think it was like thirty to twenty seven yep. or something. Yep, like you that. got the, you got that right. They played that they played back in uh back in October. So I do I and it was also on like a Thursday or Wednesday night something like that. Yeah, I, I I'm taking Coastal in this one too. Um, you can make all the jokes you want about putting Coastal in the. Uh, <laughs> in the college football playoff, but uh, no, they're gonna they're gonna make a New Year's. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're, I hope they. You cannot if Coastal wins, you cannot overlook a twelve and zero Coastal team for a New Year's. They'll probably put them against like Indiana or something. It doesn't matter that it doesn't matter that Cincinnati's in there. That Cincinnati, if they finish undefeated, doesn't matter about Tulsa. You cannot overlook a twelve and zero team. I would love to see them play against like Iowa State or Indiana. Or even like a USC, I think that would be a lot of fun. Just as you, you know, what they really have. I'm always, oh, I, I always like seeing like the group of five teams play against like the power five teams. Those are usually like the games I look forward to the most during bowl season. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. Especially like Coastal beat BYU when no one expected. Yeah, them. they were double. They were double digit. Under- yeah, I was taking. I took BYU in that game too. Like I, I was. T- I took Coastal in the upset. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, like, I looking looking back on in hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but looking back on it, that probably was a smarter pick, because you know, yeah. But that was a that was a really fun game to watch. I did watch. I didn't watch the entire game because up at school, I kind of have a little bit of problem. I have some problems with them uh, getting some uh, ESPN games. Yeah, the connection. Yeah, the connection. Yeah, but I I did catch like the, the second half of that game. That was a really fun game to watch, and, that, and you know, the ending of that game is why you watch football. You watch football for those one yard line exactly. stands. So exactly, yeah. I, I do think I'm gonna. I'll take Coastal in this game. I'll, I'm gonna keep them to keep on rolling, like you said. But this should be a fun game to watch because the last game, uh, though I didn't watch it, walk off field goal. That's the way. To, that's another reason you watch football. You love seeing endings like that. Exactly. You know, another another top At twenty-five four. team. So it should be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I agree. 
At 4.15 on Fox, we have the Mountain West Championship game from Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. That is U, uh, UNLV's old stadium. I believe they now play in Allegiant Stadium, but they're going to play at Sam Boyd in Las Vegas. It is number 24, San Jose State, against the Boise State Broncos, who are 5-1. and one. They're so lost being to the BYU Cougars. This te- these guys were supposed to play about three weeks ago, but now they'll play again since they're the top two teams in the Mountain West. The Broncos are favored by 6.5 points, and the over-under is 56 points. I haven't paid attention to the Mountain West at all this year. I don't really know how these teams are. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. If there's one conference in college football that I don't really watch a whole lot of, it's probably the Mountain West. I don't really watch the Mountain West because, especially when you look at it since, like, the last five years, it's been, oh, like, occasionally, like, Derek Carr's Fresno State in 2013, that was a very good season. And Fresno State, I think, won the Mountain West two years ago. But it's been mostly Boise State, Boise State, San Diego State, Boise State, San Diego State, Boise State, Boise State, Boise State. Boise State, Boise State, Boise State. Yeah. Like, like Boise State beat Hawaii last year. Yeah, that's right. I said Hawaii because there is because there is an apostrophe between the two eyes. It is Hawaii. Well, plus, you know, we're East Coast guys, and all these Mountain West games are always on at, like, 1025 at night for us. So, you exactly. know. Like, they're on at, like, 1030 or – hell, I've even seen some of them on at, like, 1 a.m., yep. and I'm like, I'm not watching yeah. this. So, is it – but it, it gets a little bit more it, – it's a little difficult for us East Coast guys to really watch the Mountain West. Yeah, I definitely agree. But my logic, just because I know how historically good the last 20 years this team has been, I'm just going to take Boise yeah, State. Yeah, I'll take Boise State too. Now, this is, again, talking about the weird time at 8 o'clock on CBS from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. The number one Alabama Crimson Tide against the number seven Florida Gators. The battle of the two Heisman finalists, Kyle Trask versus Mac Jones. The Tide are favored by 17 points, and the over-under is actually very high at 74 points. Now, I have a question for you, Kevin. Who do you think is the better quarterback, Mac Jones or Kyle Trask? Kyle Trask, 100%. Yeah, I, I agree, because I'm seeing a lot of people say Mac Jones could could be a first-round pick in the NFL draft, and I'm not so sure about that. Um, I I understand he's a very good quarterback, and I'm not I'm not discounting that at all. I think I personally think he'll be late second, early third. Yeah. Be, you know, he you have to keep you have to keep into account he is playing for the Alabama Crimson Tide, like, and Trask most likely will be a like late first to a mid second, potentially late. Kyle, second. Kyle Trask, another one of those guys that would definitely be would definitely would be drafted earlier if he wasn't coming out as in this in the same draft as you know. One of the best quarterback prospects oh, in like fifteen years. Yeah, the next Peyton yeah. Manning they've said. So, um, I I think Kyle Trask is the better quarterback too. Um, I think Alabama is the better team, and I definitely think they're going to win. But I really want to see how Kyle Trask does against this Alabama defense. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. This oh, this Alabama agree. defense is really buttoned up. Uh, I've since I believe, like since like mid uh, the midway point of the season, they they really buttoned up and got. Uh, Solved a lot of the issues they had on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah. So Alabama is by far, I think, number one team in the country. Even if they somehow lose this game, which I don't think they will, yeah, they still won't. go into the CFP number one. I'm pulling for Florida just because I love a good upset and I, I do like Kyle Trask a lot. Um, but you know, we'll 
we'll have to, we'll just have to see how it goes. Uh, Alabama definitely wins this game, though, in my opinion. Yeah, as they say, roll tide. The tide will roll. Yeah, I mean, the tide will roll over the Gators. But this is also an interesting stat to look at. So this is the first time that they've played since 2016. They've played nine times. Alabama only has four losses in the SEC championship game, and all four of them have been to the University of Florida. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tim Tebow, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I, the reason that I've already said, like, I already said I think Alabama's going to win, but I'm more so going to watch this game just to see how Kyle Trask goes against this defense. I, I think he could be a good uh, NFL quarterback. I don't think he's obviously not as good as, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and even uh, Zach Wilson from BYU. But I yeah, I, I really want to see how he does. It's time. This is, this is a big boy game, Kyle Trask. You got to see what you got. Exactly. I agree. And our final top 25 game for this week at 8 o'clock on ABC is the American Athletic Conference Championship game between the number 23 Tulsa Golden Hurricane against the number nine Cincinnati Bearcats. The Bearcats are favored by 14 and a half points and the over-under is 45 points. Because I like a good upset and because I've seen this team play a lot, I'm actually going to take Tulsa to upset the Cincinnati Bearcats. I haven't watched a whole lot of American uh, football this, this year, so I'll just I'll just roll with you and go with the Tulsa uh, Golden Hurricane, even though I think there's a good chance Cincy can still pull this out. Uh, Cincy probably will, but also I say Tulsa because – they beat – let's see, they beat UCF. They've beaten – they went undefeated in America. with some that they haven't done yet. And also, their only loss was to uh, Oklahoma State. And I'm pretty sure they only lost like 16-7. to seven. And I was looking at – like I said, I haven't watched a whole lot of Cincinnati Bear, uh, Bearcats football this year. And I looked up their record before, I, before uh, we started recording this episode and – They've hung, they've blown out like everyone they've played this year for the most part. The only team that's really given them trouble is UCF, and UCF is a good football team. So yeah. I, 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 I definitely think since he could pull this out, but you know we always love a good underdog here on Broad Sports, so we're gonna roll with the yeah, we're gonna roll with the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Yeah, I definitely agree. So that's it for the top twenty-five because every other game has been canceled, including number sixteen Michigan hosting or number sixteen Iowa, excuse me hosting Michigan, number nine, Georgia, hosting Vanderbilt, but they're in search for a replacement game. And Miami hosting Georgia Tech has also been canceled. So that's it for the top 25. My man, let's transition into the NFL. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. So let's take a look at some of the playoff standings before we even begin. So the Chiefs, they're the number one team in the AFC right now, number one in the entire NFL right now at 12-1. and one. They're number one seed. Pittsburgh is number two. They win one more game. They will uh, They will most likely clinch their conference. The Bills sit at number three. The Titans sit at number four. And our three playoff teams include the number four Tennessee Titans, the number five Cleveland – or excuse me, the number five Cleveland Browns, the number six Indianapolis Colts, and the number seven Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And really the only other two teams in contention, yes, the Patriots – they're still eligible, same with the Denver Broncos, but the Broncos are eligible by, like, the tiniest of strings, but same with the Patriots. But mostly the only two teams that are in contention are the 7-6 and six Las Vegas Raiders at number 9 and the 8-5 and five 
Baltimore Ravens at number eight. But right now, Miami holds a better holds a tiebreaker over Baltimore because of best win percentage in conference games. Cleveland holds a tiebreaker over Indianapolis because of head-to-head. And Tennessee currently holds the lead in the AFC South over in the best based on best win percentage in division games. Yeah. Now, um, who do you th- who do you think the second best team in the AFC is right now behind the Chiefs? The Buffalo Bills. You think so? Huh. I, I think maybe maybe the Tennessee Titans, but maybe the Cleveland Browns. But I think Buffalo probably has the edge. I still think St- the Steelers are a really good football team. They they've dealt with a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, and these past two uh, losses definitely don't look good for them. But I think they could still make a really deep run in the. AFC in the AFC playoffs just because they have a really uh, uh, a really a pretty good, still really good Ben Roethlisberger even though they're asking to throw the ball 50 times a game. I think I yeah. th- I don't think the Steelers are as good as their record indicates. But I still think the Steelers are a really good team and I think these past two losses are going to have a lot of teams kind of overlooking them maybe a little bit. Yeah. So they can yeah. kind of be like a surprise team in the playoffs even uh, like if they play the Bills again in the playoffs, obviously Big Ben's got a Super Bowl ring, so yeah, he definitely has the ex- they definitely have the experience advantage, and they have Mike Tomlin, who I still think is an amazing coach. Oh yes, and also he is also he has the most wins in NFL history by an African American head Love coach. Love to see it. Now, when you look on the NFC side, the Packers, Kurt, because the Saints lost to our Philadelphia Eagles last week, the Packers jumped the Saints for the number one seed since they beat them on Sunday Night Football back in week three, and they clinched the NFC North, so they sit at number one. The Saints clinched sit at number two, mainly because, again, they lost to Green Bay, but also if they would have won, they would have clinched the NFC South. They most likely probably will clinch this week. The Rams sit at number three because they've beaten the Seahawks head-to-head. At number four is the Washington football team who got their first lead back in the NFC East since week three. The Seattle Seahawks sit at number five. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are number six. And the Arizona Cardinals retook their number seven spot last week with their win, and the Vikings lost. The Vikings, Bears, and Lions, they're still in the hunt. Now, the Niners, they're still in the hunt, too, but I kind of consider them out because they will probably lose out the majority of their games. Same with the Giants. The Birds, we were really only in contention for the NFC East title, but that most likely won't happen because we are a game and a half back of the Washington football team with three games left. Yeah, and the, and the, and the Cowboys, they'll most likely be eliminated if Washington and the Cardinals both win this weekend. Panthers are still eligible, too, because they beat the Cardinals, but they'll be eliminated this week, probably. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. The Washington football team is the best team in this division. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. I, they, like, back when the Eagles were seen, still had somewhat of their team together, and they weren't losing all these losing all these games. Like a lot of people were, kind of, I feel like we're kind of look, overlooking them, and everyone thought the Eagles were the best team in the division. It was between It was between the... Cowboys and the Eagles, um, but you know, Cowboys have fallen apart. The Eagles have fallen apart. Obviously, I definitely the, yeah that Washington defense, man. Like once they once they figure out their quarterback situation and uh, maybe get another weapon on offense, like a, like um uh, another wide receiver. I 
they could yeah. they could be a really good team. They could be like the surprise team next year. Like every year in the NFL, there's one team that doubles their wins. I think next year the Washington football team, if they're still called that next year, I, I they could be the big surprise team that could you know that that could vie for a top yeah, playoff I, spot. Yeah, I definitely agree. So let's look into Week 15 of the NFL season, my friend. Kicking it off tonight. Thursday, December 17th, 2020, at 820 on Fox and the NFL Network from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. We have the 4-9 and nine Los Angeles Chargers coming off of a win last week against the Atlanta Falcons, or as Urinating Tree called it on YouTube, the Choke Bowl. Yep. <laughs> They'll hit the road and head to Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, take on the 7-6 and six Las Vegas Raiders who stay home after a loss last week against the Indianapolis Colts. The Raiders, they're favored by three points, and the over-under is 52-and-a-half. I'm taking the Raiders in this one. Absolutely. I agree. I'm Raiders, the Raiders are a good football team. Their record is does not indicate how good this team really is. They've, you know, they've had a couple of hiccups. But, yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, this this team has struggled since they're, they've lost three out of their last four games after their – Amazing six and three start, but this team will. Hey, Derek Carr's having a good season too. No one, no one's talking about Derek Carr this season. So, uh, John Gruden, he's doing a really good job there. Uh, he, they're like, they're another team that's definitely on the rise. Their their stock is definitely coming back up after being pretty pretty middle of the road over, over the past couple of years. Oh, I definitely yeah. agree. It's going to be tough for them because they're in the same conference or in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Oh yeah, but like the the NFC West is kind of turning around now. Um, or NFC, the AFC West. Yeah, the a- I apologize. The AFC yeah. West. You know, you got Patrick Mahomes and uh, uh, Andy Reid and Kansas City, obviously, and then Justin Herbert looks looks great for and during his rookie campaign. You have the Broncos. They're kind of a mess right now. We thought they were going to be good. I thought they were going to be good this year. If you go back to the episode oh, uh, we recorded back in August, so yeah, I, me and Kevin both said that we thought the Broncos yeah. were going to be really good this year. <laughs> Yeah, guys, um, I don't know how close attention you pay to my podcast. Uh, me and Chuck, I'm pretty sure our predictions were oh, way yeah. off. I want to go back and re-listen to that episode now. We're way yeah. off. So do I. But I'm pretty sure we were way off because I think I had Baltimore repeating in the AFC. I think we both had Baltimore repeating. In the yeah, AFC I had North. Baltimore. I, I believe I had Baltimore like, going I undefeated. I think you had him at like 15 yeah, one. Defeat- I think you had him at like 15 yeah. one. So yeah, yeah. It, you know we're 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 doing our best here. Alrighty, so now we are finally in this stretch of the season where we're going to have some Saturday games. Unfortunately, I won't be watching the four thirty one because of the ACC championship game, and I won't be watching the eight fifteen one because of the SEC yeah. championship game. But at the especially because these games are not entertaining, in my opinion. But at 4.30 on the NFL Network, we have the 10-3 and Buffalo Bills coming off a home win on Sunday Night Football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They'll hit the road and head to Impact. I guess it's called Empower Field now. I always do it as Sports Authority Field at Mile High. But they're going to head to Mile High Stadium to take on the 5-8 and Denver Broncos to return home after a win last week in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers. The Bills are favored by six points in this contest. And they over under is 50 points. Now, the reason why I say the spreads in the over under is because of the fact that 
I know a lot of me and you know a lot of people who like oh, yeah. sports bets. <laughs> we definitely do. Yeah. So who do you, uh, I'm yeah, taking about, the Bills. Say, who you taking in this game, Kevin? So you're taking the Bills, huh? I think I think yes. the Bills Bills are starting to get their uh, starting to get their act together a little bit. They had a really strong start. They kind of sputtered a little bit mid season, and now they're starting to get their yeah they're starting to get oh, their act together again. Uh, they definitely win this game. Broncos they got to figure something out. I don't know what's wrong with that team. I I, I don't know how I feel about Drew Locke. I don't think he's the guy. Um, you know he had a good game last week, but uh, he. You know, you got a good you got a good quarterback draft coming up. You got to get somebody, somebody. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who, um, because I don't. Right now, you said the Broncos are five and eight. They'll be probably about probably be around like the ten to fifteen mark in the draft. Um, you, yeah, we got to see who's still available. I think obviously Justin Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Trey Lance are probably all gone. So yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe Zach Wilson. Maybe maybe they pick up someone like a Kyle Trask in the second round again. I don't know. Even though they just drafted Drew Locke in the second round two years ago, so they yeah the Broncos have to stop going cheap. Quote you know cheap. I say that with quotations. But they have they have to stop going cheap on these quarterbacks. You just have to go all in. Once you get your guy, you, you just got to stick with it. Once you find him, or once he comes out of the draft, yeah, exactly. they, I feel like they're kind of overlooking this a little bit. This quarterback like, position. That's what happened with uh, with Paxton Lynch a few years yeah. ago as well. Yeah. What What has Paxton Lynch done? I don't think I don't even think he's in the league anymore. I yeah. don't think he is either. At eight fifteen on the NFL Network, we have the four and nine Carolina Panthers coming off of a home loss last week against the Denver Broncos. They'll head to Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin, to take on the ten and three Green Bay Packers. We return home after a dogfight victory in Detroit to win the NFC North for the second straight year. The Packers, they're favored by eight and a half points, and the over-under is 51 and a half. Definitely taking the Packers. Go, go Pack, go. Go Aaron Rodgers. Big Aaron Rodgers fan over here. Yeah, and also it's going to be most likely between Rodgers and, and, and Mahomes for the MVP. Mahomes most likely will win, but I could see people saying that Aaron Rodgers might upset him, mainly because this is probably going to be the last shot that he has at it. I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers still has a couple good years left in him. Well, it depends on how – you know, he hasn't really been sacked a whole lot this year. The Green Bay Packers have a great offensive line. So, I mean, they've probably yeah. the best uh, left tackle in football. So, um, I think he still has another good – Probably two, three years left in him. I, I still don't understand the whole Jordan Love pick this year in the draft. I get they need to get their next. I get they yeah. need to get their next quarterback, but he's. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is on the decline. Like he's he's in his prime right now still. So they they yeah. could have used this pick to you know get get him some more uh, weapons on the on the perimeter or maybe another running back to go with Aaron Jones or a piece on defense. Yeah, you know. I I just. It's the same, you know. This this is a conversation back during draft yeah. season, but yeah, we'll we'll just have to see how he how Jordan Love turns out whenever he plays. Probably not going to be for another couple of years. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, at Sunday, December twentieth, twenty twenty. Now there were a couple games flexed that I will just describe in a minute, but at one o'clock on CBS. 
Oh boy, this game's gonna be. Thank God I don't have to watch <laughs> this game. Uh, we have the one in twelve Jacksonville Jaguars coming off their twelfth straight loss. The season that is their longest losing streak in franchise history, but coming off of a home loss against the Tennessee Titans, who swept them for I think the second time in three years. They'll hit the road and head to MNT Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland to take on the eight and five Baltimore Ravens, who upset the Cleveland or I I would say upset, but they're coming off of a road victory in Cleveland back on Monday night. The Ravens, they're favored by 13 points. <laughs> and the over-under is 47 and a half. Oh, man. This is, you know something? Obviously, I think the Ravens are going to win this game. But wouldn't it be something if they lost yeah. to the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend? That would be comical. Because that most likely, I think personally, would probably knock them out yeah, of the Yeah, it probably base. would. Or at least. And that's, and that's crazy to say, oh, they'd be eight and six. What are you talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I, like we already said, I love a good upset. So, um, yeah. So, so I, do I. I think the Jaguars at this point, they're, they're in a complete rebuild mode. They're probably going to get Justin Fields number two this year. It, so. Yep. We'll just have to wait. We'll just have to see how things go in a couple of months during draft season with that. But, you know, Ravens obviously winning this game. I would be absolutely dumbfounded if somehow they if somehow they lost this game to a really bad Jaguars team. And there's been a lot of Jaguars teams or bad Jaguars teams. This is probably one of the worst ones I've seen in a while. Oh, yeah. This is probably their worst since 2012 when they went 2-14. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Ravens to absolutely crush the, as I called them last week, the Jacksonville Kitty Cats. Because a Jaguar is supposed to be fierce. It's supposed to be this big predator that is fierce. It's supposed to be king of the Amazon. And you guys are the Kitty yeah, Cats. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're on, I believe they're on their, what, their second string, third string quarterback. So, uh, no, I, I is he back? back? Well, maybe they put up some more points than usual. I, he, I mean, he was in the game against the Titans because they benched yeah. Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike Glennon, yeah. Jesus. At 1 o'clock on Fox, we have the 8-5 and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off of a win at home against the Minnesota Vikings. They'll hit the road and head to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia to take on the 4-9 and nine Atlanta Falcons who returned home after a loss in SoFi last week against the L.A. Chargers. The Buccaneers, they're favored by six points, and the over-under is 49-and-a-half. Buccaneers won. Easy. Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to take, take the Bucs, but don't be surprised if the Falcons fall. Yeah, I mean, Falcons, the Falcons, you know, they did the same thing last season. They start off really, really bad, and they start to get their, their act together about midway through the season, and Dan Quinn keeps his job. Like, th- yeah, I, well, I, he's not there. He he was fired earlier in the season, so now they're on interim head coach yeah. Raheem Morris. So I I, I, I apologize. For that. Honestly, surprisingly, honestly, even though his team still sucks, he hasn't been that bad of an interim head coach. Well, you know the Falcons are 
kind of in rebuild mode. If I were the Falcons, I would just, you know, hit the nuke button, get rid of everybody, just start from start from scratch. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they're going to do that. They'll probably try and hold on to Matt Ryan and Julio Jones just because, you know, they'll go down as some of the best Falcons players yeah. ever. But if I was – if I'm Matt Ryan, if I'm Julio Jones, I went out of the ATL. I want – I they, they just need to reset. They're probably going to be bad within the next, for the next couple of years. And they have pieces on offense, but they, they just have to get – they have to get their act together. And the best way to get your act together at this point, especially with an aging Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, ship them out, hit the nuke button, yeah. restart. Nothing nothing wrong with that. You don't want to be the mediocre team that gets the mid-round picks every year. You either want to be really bad in the NFL or you, be re- or you want to be really good. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I'm going to take the Bucks, but don't be surprised if the Falcons yep. pull off the upset. Now, th- now, this game was flexed up. This was supposed to be Sunday Night Football. Thank God it's not. At 1 o'clock on CBS, we have the 5-8 and eight San Francisco, or in this case, because we can call them it as a joke, the Arizona 49ers, coming off of a neutral-slash-home loss against the Washington football team. They'll hit the road and head to Arlington, Texas, to AT&T Stadium, the only game left on their schedule that's not in Arizona, funny enough. To take on the four and nine Dallas Cowboys, should return home after a win against it was an unimpressive win against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Niners, they're favored by three points, and the over/under is forty. Now, points. these games kind of intrigue me because I think these teams are the Niners and the Cowboys this season are more or less kind of the same team. Um, like they, they, I think they stack up pretty well against each other. So this could be—I don't know who's going to win this game. I think I'll probably take the Niners. Just because you know, just you know, take we don't like the Cowboys here, but they, exactly. Excuse me. Um, yeah, that this this could be a better game than people than people realize. Yeah, but even saying that, yeah, that's a bit yeah. of a stretch. Don't expect a sixty-two versus sixty-two to fifty victory here. Now Nick Mullins sucks, but I still think that the yeah. Niners pull it out. Oh, boy. Let's pray for all Detroit fans this Sunday because at 1 o'clock on CBS, this most likely will knock them out of the playoff race. The 5-8 and eight Detroit Lions coming off of a home loss last week against Green Bay Packers. They'll head to Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee to take on the 9-4 and four Tennessee Titans to return home after a win in Duval County against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Titans are favored by 11 points, and the over/under is 51 and a half. Titans are on fire right now, especially Derrick Henry. This is like, oh yeah, Titans are red Derrick hot. Henry is, you know, this is the time of year he really shines because everyone—it's a long football season, and everyone's starting to wear down. But that man just keep, you know, pounding away. He's just running everybody over like they're a bunch of children, hitting them with that huge, that huge body he's got. Just com- completely yep. trucking dudes. This is. Playoff Derrick Henry, just like last year, different animal. Yep. So, uh, I'm taking yep, absolutely the taking tight on this one. But don't be surprised if the Lions cover that 11 points. Back. Yeah, yeah, I agree. At 1 o'clock on CBS, we have the 4-9 and nine Houston Texans coming off of an embarrassing shellacking. They had in Chicago against the Bears. They'll hit the road once again and head to Lucas Oil Stadium 
in Indianapolis, Indiana to take on the 9-4 and four Indianapolis Colts who return home after a dominant victory in Vegas last week against the Raiders. The Colts are favored by 7.5 points, and the over-under is 51 points. Taking the Colts. That's 100% Colts. Yeah. At 1 o'clock on CBS, we have the 6-7 and seven New England Patriots coming off of a bad road loss in SoFi last Thursday night against the L.A. Rams. They'll hit the road and head to Hard Rock in Miami, Florida to take on the 8-5 and five Miami Dolphins, who a game that I correct predict correctly predicted. I went nine and seven last week in picks, but if you want to include spreads, I went ten and six because I picked the Dolphins to cover their spread against the Chiefs, and they did. But the Dolphins are coming off of a very, very close home loss against. That was a really fun game to watch last week. The Dolphins. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really fun game. Uh, The Dolphins are favored by three points, and the over-under is 41-and-a-half. Fins up. I'm taking the Miami Yeah, me too. The Patriots got to figure something out here. Cam Newton's not playing well at all this season. Uh, uh, The Dolphins, like, kind of, you know, kind of starting to look good. Am I reading this? Am I reading this correct? He only has five passing touchdowns. He's He's not been playing well at all. It's like – and it's really really odd considering his – his uh, starting tenure here in New England started really or went off, started off strong. He looked, you know. This has to be one of the worst years of his career. He has five touchdowns and ten interceptions. I mean, like you know, New England doesn't really have any weapons on the perimeter, so like I, I'm not, You're yeah, not I'm not wrong. putting all the blame on him, but he definitely deserves his fair share of the blame. Because like, like, uh, yeah. I don't want to say Cam Newton's washed, but you know the, 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 I, I pa- the Patriots got to figure figure out their quarterback position. I thought this is a good signing at the time. I thought that he would be their quarterback for at least two years, two three years. I was really afraid. I was really afraid yeah. that they would uh, get Trevor Lawrence this year. Like this, this is all part of Bill Belichick's master plan. No, but they got. If I kind of. I kind of agree with most of the mock drafts. I think probably in my mock draft that I will do probably in the later months, closer to the draft, like maybe late March, early April, I might do maybe a couple other mock drafts. Um, I probably will have Zach Wilson going to the Patriots. Well, the Patriots have a lot of picks this year. That's the one thing they have right now is picks. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, some people think that the Patriots could make a move and try to move up in the draft to get one of these QBs, which is, you know, obviously not out of the question. But, they, you know, the Patriots will be back. Don't forget about Bill. They do still have Bill Belichick. So don't just yeah. think that the oh, Patriots are done. They're going to go back to their form before Tom Brady days. But if there's one thing they got, they don't got a whole lot of weapons. They don't really have any playmakers on offense. They do have still have some pieces on defense. But yeah. if there's one thing the Patriots got, it's picks. And Bill Belichick will – Make most of those picks that he can make most of the picks that he can't. Yeah, yeah, so. they do. They'll be back. Yeah, they do. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking them. Yeah, the yeah, getting back to the game we're talking about. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the Dolphins in this one. This will also be the first time since 2008 that the Patriots 
have not won the AFC East. So that's kind of celebratory for me because, as I've stated thousands of times before, since my college is a lot of Boston kids, I have no pity for you Patriots fans. Oh, yeah. None. Absolutely none at all. Oh, if you if you miss the playoffs, oh, cry me a river. I have no pity. Oh, poor Boston fans. Your teams are some of the most successful in all of their leagues. Yeah, I have no pity for Yeah. I... At 1 o'clock on Fox, we have the 6-7 and seven Chicago Bears coming off of a very dominant home victory against the Houston Texans. They'll head to U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota to take on the 6-7 and seven Minnesota Vikings who return home after a loss in Tampa Bay last week to the Buccaneers. The Vikings are favored by three points, and the over-under is 47 points. I'm going to make this short and sweet, and I'll do it in the Midwestern accent. Oh, no, I'm not going for the Chicago Bears. I'm going for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going for the Vikings. Skull. Skull. These, Skull. I'm going for the these Vikings. These NFC North matchups are always are always uh, boxing matches. They're always bar fights. So this game's not going to be a blowout, I don't think. I, I, I think I'll be taking the Vikings, too, just because of the quarterback. Going back to the whole taking the better quarterback argument I made earlier. Chicago's a bunch yeah, of fraud. That's another team. They should really just try and tank and just be – they shouldn't be thinking about it right now. They should be thinking about their future. The fact that they're in the playoff race when they finished – when they started 5-1 and one is honestly comical at yeah. this point. But, yeah, I'm taking the Vikings. Yeah, take, I'm taking the Vikings on this one too. At 1 o'clock on Fox, this game – Looking at the schedule, this probably could have been the 425 CBS game. But at 1 o'clock on Fox, we have the 9-4 and four Seattle Seahawks coming off of a bounce-back win at home against the New York Jets. They'll hit the road and head to FedEx Field and Landover, Maryland to take on the 6-7 and seven Washington football team who return home after a road victory in Arizona against the San Francisco 49ers. The Seahawks, they're favored by five and a half points, and the over-under is 44 and a half. I think that's a joke. Seattle's defense is atrocious. It's one of the worst passing defenses in NFL history. Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims, Dontrell Inman, Logan Thomas, they're all going to eat them alive. Yep, taking Washington. Don't sleep on this team. This team is very, very good. Alex Smith, uh, I I don't know if Alex Smith is playing this Sunday or not. Um. I think he's a lock for yeah. comeback player of the year. So do I. I don't know if he should keep playing after this year just because that that leg injury was just so so uh, gruesome, gruesome, so devastating when it happened. Um, and just watching him play like makes me nervous because like I, I I do know he injured his leg again. I don't know if it's the same leg that he got that he uh, injured before, but it. I don't. You know. I, yeah. I want the man to be able to walk. Uh. So, so do I. I. He, I think he but should yeah. just retire. I think that's Fred's yeah. joke. I think that's Fred's yeah. joke. I, I, I agree. I'm I, I know. This. Washington, Washington has a top 10 pass. They have the best passing defense in the NFL. That's how they beat yeah, the Ronald Darby, a former Eagle, he's been having a pretty good season this year. So, Yeah, he has. And also, Seattle. Congratulations. You beat up the New York Jets. Your passing defense is atrocious. It's one, It's on pace for one of the worst in NFL history. Washington's going to eat you yeah, alive. Man. I mean, the, the Washington football team, they're no joke. 
don't don't sleep on them in the playoffs. Don't be surprised if the Washington football team makes the uh, makes the playoffs, which I think they will. Don't don't sleep on them, man. They can definitely easily make a playoff run, make a couple get a couple upsets depending oh, on who I they agree. play in the first round. One hundred percent. At four oh five on Fox, we have the zero and thirteen New York Jets coming off of a schlacking. In Seattle, forty to three at at the hands of the Seahawks, they'll head to SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, to take on the nine and four Los Angeles Rams, who stay home after a dominant victory last Thursday against the New England Patriots in their absolute revenge game for Super Bowl Fifty Three. God, I don't even want to talk about this spread. The Rams are favored by seventeen and a half points and the over under is 43 the rams are kind of being disrespected right now as like one of the best teams of the nfc i feel like no one's talking about the rams the Ram- oh i, I think the reason I why is a lot of people don't really like really like jared goff all that much which i understand he's still a really good i'm kind of one he's of a people. he's a pretty <laughs> pretty darn good quarterback like don't like i understand he's not going to put you over the top he's not patrick mahomes he's not russell wilson I wouldn't say pretty good. If you're going to go off of, like, elite, great, pretty good, good, decent, kind of bad, and bad, he fits in the good, which means he's, like, right now. Yeah, that's pretty average. average. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be average at quarterback. You want to be elite. And, they, you know, you want an elite quarterback with the first overall pick. But he's he's turned that franchise around, him and Sean McVay. Um, he, like, yeah. People really – people need to – Keep uh, pay more attention to the Rams when uh, the playoffs do come because they they could easily make the NFC Championship game. I think. That's what I, I think they could. I think they could. I mean, yeah, obviously, I think the Packers are going to make the NFC Championship game. Um, you look around. The, you look around the rest of the NFC. Yeah. You, you see the Seahawks. They're probably not going to do as uh, as well as people expect them to do. Um. No, uh, you know, Washington football team. Though I do love the Washington football team, yeah, I just don't think. Uh, I don't think they'll make the NFC Championship game. I don't think that's too blasphemous to say. Uh, and then you look, you look to the NFC South. Yeah. You got the Saints. The Saints are Saints are a really good football team, but they don't have Drew Brees right now. We don't know how Drew Brees is going to look after having a, a, a collapsed lung and breaking almost half of his ribs because. Humans have 12 pairs of ribs. That's 24 ribs. And you fractured yeah. 11 of them. Like he, he can... How the hell are you breathing? Modern medicine, man. I, I forget what quarterback said this. He said he fractured one rib and he could barely breathe. And he's like, how the hell is Drew Brees uh, breathing with 11 fractured ribs? Well, when does Drew Brees come back from, his, from the injury? Do you know, Kevin? I think he he's been yeah. cleared off IR. I don't know if he's gonna like Taysom Taysom Hill last week against the against the Eagles didn't look too didn't look too uh, appealing. So I don't if Drew Brees doesn't play at all for the rest of the season, which isn't going to happen. But if it was a Taysom Hill led Saints going into yeah. the playoffs, I would not think the Saints would go very far. Um, but if with Drew Brees coming back yeah. and if he does return to form, I do think he, they're another team that could go up against the Packers in the NFC Championship game. I think the Packers are locked. To be in the NFC Championship, I agree. Um, I now the other team, 
uh, I don't. I'm not entirely sure. It could be the Saints. It it could be you know the Seahawks by some miracle. They have some sort yeah. of magical run with behind Russell Wilson. You know, just completely balling out. But in, don't sleep on going back to the Rams. The Rams could really be one of the teams that make it to the NFC Championship game just because of the rest of the NFC right now. Besides maybe the Packers is kind of not as good as not as good as it could be. A lot of the teams are kind of sputtering a little bit due to injury. So don't yeah. – and the Rams are pretty healthy. But, uh, so don't, I'm telling you, don't sleep on the Rams. I 100% agree. But uh, Yeah, I'm taking the Rams in this game too. Coming back to what we're talking about. Yeah. At 4.05 on Fox, we have the 4-8-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles coming off of a upset victory last weekend at home on blackout night or blackout day, blackout night, whichever one you want to call it. Against the New Orleans Saints, we're two and zero this year wearing the black. By the way, which is <laughs> awesome. They'll hit the road and head to State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, to take on the seven and six Arizona Cardinals, who return home after a win last weekend in MetLife Stadium against the New York Giants. The Cardinals they're favored by six points, and the over under is forty nine and a half. I really do like Jalen Hurts. I'm glad that he's starting this weekend as well. But I'm going to pick the Cardinals primarily because who the hell is going to cover DeAndre Hopkins? Because Darius Slay is in concussion protocol. Rodney McLeod's out with a torn ACL. We put Avante Maddox on IR. Craven LeBlanc is still on IR. So who the hell is going to cover him? Nikel Roby Coleman? Uh, Jalen Mills? Nicole, Roby, Nicole, uh, Nicole Roby Coleman, probably. It's probably the best option we got right now. Our, our secondary is so banged up. It's kind of, it's kind of a laughable how injured how injury ridden the Eagles have been in the past couple of years. I don't I don't understand how. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to, you know, get too into this because I could talk about the Eagles all day. But yeah. Um so could I. I I'm picking the card. DeAndre Hopkins is gonna have a huge day on Sunday and I'm not too happy about it. Just just because like you said, who do the Eagles have? And like the Eagles pass for us has not been great. And now they have a now we have a little we have a uh, a, a little mobile quarterback who can run around and just completely ball out on us, just like Russell Wilson did earlier in the season. I'm not. I'm not. Obviously, I'm not saying Kyler Wilson, yeah. or Kyler Murray is as good as Russell Wilson, but it's like this. He's the same style of quarterback. He likes to run around, get out of the pocket, make plays with his feet. Exactly. This pat. This defense is just not good enough to deal with him. And the, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, and DeAndre Hopkins. I. Yeah. Yep. Like now, we'll we'll see how Jalen Hurts does against. Um, this Cardinals defense. There is potential for a shootout here. Uh, I do think that Jalen Hurts looked as I'm. A, I'm a big Carson Wentz guy, but I think Jalen Hurts looked pretty good last week, considering he they kind of threw him to the wolves. Um, against a yeah. pretty good Saints defense. So what? What, what else do I have to see? He's another. He's I mean, just like a he's a quarterback, just like Kyler Murray, where he likes to get outside of the pocket and make plays with his feet. So. And he's still got some of the, exactly. uh, the the weapons on the Eagles' offense are starting to maybe get some get their uh, their act together. Zach Ertz made some made a couple of plays last week. Yeah. Uh, Alshon had a touchdown. Travis Fulgham's a uh, pretty pretty decent option at receiver. We we still have Jalen Rager uh, running the deep routes. So uh, Jalen Hurts he could have a pretty decent game this weekend. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, I completely agree. I a lot of I've been seeing like reports that 
people are like, oh, we should just keep Hurts in because then he'll be good trade value. I don't want to get rid of Jalen Hurts. I think he's a good quarterback for the future. I'm not so sure about the future, but we'll we'll talk about this some other time. Um, typically, quarterbacks yeah. like Jalen Hurts, like the mobile quarterbacks that aren't as good as throwing the throwing the ball as they are running the ball. Typically, they only have like one, maybe two good seasons before they start to fall off. Just because it takes it takes more toll on the body of being a mobile quarterback. Yeah. Um, we still have you know if Carson Wentz uh, sits the rest of the year and then he sits next year and Jalen Hurts is a starter next year, we're going to be paying our backup quarterback like eighty million dollars, and I don't think the Eagles organization is going to allow that to happen. Um, so I I think that's the yeah. main reason why people are spreading this idea of keep Jalen Hurts and raise his trade value and then get rid of him. Just because you know, like, who wants to pay a back a quarterback eighty million dollars, especially a good, excuse me, especially a good quarterback like Car- Carson Wentz. Carson's not, and like Carson's not as bad as people are saying he is. He's having a really bad season, yes, and I'm not discounting that at all. He's played awful this season, but the entire Eagles organization is to blame, not just Carson Wentz. Yeah, so I, I would agree hundred percent. It's not entirely. Yeah, and I think it's, it's very, very naive just to throw it all on Carson's shoulders, because Doug has not run the ball. Yes. Um. He, uh. Howie Roseman has failed to supply him with weapons and to support him. The offensive line's been completely banged up. He's been sacked like fifty-five times this season. So you know, no quarterback, not yeah. Tom Brady, not Peyton Manning, not John Elway, no quarterback is going to have a good season if they get sacked fifty-five times. So exactly, that's all I'm saying. Four, yeah, exactly. At four twenty-five on CBS, this is probably a lock for Nance and Romo. This is going to be the second straight week of Nance and Romo for this team, but also the one, two, three, four, fifth straight week in prime time for this team. It is the twelve and one Kansas City Chiefs coming off of a shootout win in Miami against the Dolphins. They'll hit the road and head to the Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana, or the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, if people want me to be that technical about it, in New Orleans, Louisiana, to take on the 10-3 and New Orleans Saints to return home after a loss in the link last week to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chiefs are favored by three points, and the over-under is 51-and-a-half. Taking the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. Three points. I see this team more, especially knowing Pat Mahomes is probably going to play pissed off, knowing the fact that yeah. he threw three interceptions. He threw more. He threw more. I have I have him on my fantasy team. I guess, I yeah, guess I, I have him on my fantasy team, Kevin. Trust me, I know he threw three interceptions last week. I was not too happy about that. He's going to play pissed off, I think. That the Chiefs probably win by like ten. Sorry, Grizz. This is gonna be a, this I'm could be a Super Bowl this. preview though. So this is gonna be a game that this is gonna be a game a lot of people I have uh, circled this Sunday. So uh, yeah, so, uh, I definitely agree. Uh, this 100%. is probably the game I'll be watching during that uh, during that time slot. But I, I think this game potentially could have been Sunday night, maybe even Seattle against Washington on Sunday night. But the Sunday night football game. Because the Rams-Jets game is also flexed down to 4 or 5. The new Sunday Night Football game this week for Week 15. Which is something that I'm not a fan of because of this game. It would have made more sense if this player 
was on the team and didn't tear his ACL early in the season at 820 on NBC. Sunday night football. We have the 9-4 and four Cleveland Browns coming off of a home loss on Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. They'll hit the road and head to MetLife Stadium to take on the 5-8 and eight New York football Giants who stay home after a home loss last week against the Arizona Cardinals. The Browns are favored by 4.5 points and the over-under is 44 points. This would have been a huge game if OBJ played because it would have been his return to New York. Yep. So I, I'm taking the Browns in this game. The Giants, uh, Freddie Kitchens I'm taking the is calling the plays this Sunday for the Giants, or uh, this weekend for the Giants. So uh, I don't know how that's going to pan out, but we'll just have to see. He, he you know, he's, he's calling against his former team. Um, so maybe he'll know a little bit about the defense. Maybe that yeah. gives him some sort of an advantage. Maybe not. Um, but, uh, the Browns, the Browns, I think easily win this game, but the Giants, the Giants are, you know, they're not, they're really not that bad of a team. Like, I know, I know the, I know the NFC East is bad. No, they're not. You're not going to be wrong. I am not saying the NFC East is good, but these teams are going in the right direction, except for maybe the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys, the, the, the Washington football team yeah. and the New York football Giants, they, they're trending in the right direction. So if, if you're a Washington fan, if you're uh, an NYG fan, Definitely something to look forward to in the future. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree. And I don't know if this is going to be the first time in NFL history, but this is a little fun fact for us since we did play in the PCL. This will have two P- two head coaches that graduated from Philadelphia area high schools. Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns. He is the St. Joe's prep graduate and Joe Judge of the New York Giants. He did go to St. Joe's Prep, but he actually graduated from Lansdale Catholic. They are two of the three PCL coaches in the NFL because Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. He is love to a see it. LaSalle go PCL. Graduate. Exactly, but uh, yeah, I'm taking the Browns. Same here, absolutely. And finally, the game that I wanted to avoid because this game is probably going to suck at Monday, December 21st, 2020 at 8.15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. The 11-2 Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a road loss against the Buffalo Bills, their second straight loss of the season. They'll hit the road and head to Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, to take on the 2-10-1 Cincinnati Bungles. That's right, Bungles, not Bengals, Bungles. Who stay home after a loss against the Dallas Cowboys last week. Steelers, they're favored by 13 points, and the over-under is 40-and-a-half. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, if the Steelers win this game, I'm pretty sure... They win the. AFC I mean, it makes North. sense because uh, they beat the they beat the Ravens twice already. So I mean, they beat the Ravens twice. They're four zero right now in conference, and Cleveland has two losses in the division already. To yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, so I it, it, it would make a lot of it, it would make a lot of sense if they clinch the AFC North with a win on Sunday, which they probably probably more than likely will. They'll probably get a big bounce back win, which is going to be really good for their uh, 
uh, for their team heading into the playoffs. Yeah, Steelers are favored by 13 points in the yep, over. Yep, definitely taking 40. the Steelers this week. I'm taking the Steelmen as well. That is it for week 15. And it's actually going to be a dogfight to the finish. Mainly because, if I'm not mistaken, let's say the Dolphins do lose to the Patriots and the Bills beat the Broncos. I'm pretty sure the Bills will wrap up the the AFC East. And the Bills, they're one of only three teams that has not won their division in the 2000s. They haven't won the AFC East. Yeah, since the, the Bills. 90s. Bills. The uh, Bills fans should be very excited because they they're, they're going to be good for a couple of years now. Sean McDermott's a really good head coach, really good young head coach. You know, a lot of people not not a lot of people acknowledge. Josh Allen's starting to look starting to look better. Uh, the defense isn't as good as it was last year, but the defense last year looked great. So they're making strides. They have players on the defense. They got a good, they got a good offensive line. They got uh, they got a little bit of pull now in free agency due to having Stephon Diggs in a. And um, uh, Josh Allen on offense for like a free agent running back or another free agent wide receiver, or even a, a free agent on the defensive side of the ball. The the Bills yeah. are looking up. Uh, I don't know how deep they're going to go into the playoffs this year. I could see them maybe make it. To, I think they're probably make it to. They'll probably make it to the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, just because I think Josh Allen yeah. is still a little green. Uh, he needs a little bit more experience to really make a deep playoff run, but. You know, you can make that argument with a lot of these rookies and a lot of these young guys in the playoffs that do well. So, you know, what else have to see? Um, the Bills, the Bills' uh, offense has been looking really good the past couple of weeks, and along with Josh Allen, he looked great against the Steelers. He looked and he looked really good against the Niners two weeks ago. So, yeah, the Bills are yeah, on a trend I completely up. agree. But yeah. Um... Yeah, because the Bills—they're one of three teams that has not won a division title in the 2000s. They, it includes them, the Cleveland Browns, and the Detroit Lions. Cleveland Browns—they haven't won a division title since it was the AFC Central in 1989, and the Lions—they haven't won it since Barry Sanders was there. They've made it close a couple times. For example, 2016. Now, 2016, week 17, week 17, 2016, they had a shot to win the NFC North because it was when they had these big, huge uh, revolving door of the Redskins and Giants played week 17. The winner take the winner takes the playoff berth, and then the Browns, I mean the Lions and the Packers played for whoever was going to win the NFC North. And the Packers ended up coming back and winning that game against the Lions, so that means that the Lions had to go to the wild card, but they only the only reason why they made it into the wild card mm-hmm. is because the Giants upset the Redskins. That was it. Yeah. So they've been close, but yeah, Cleveland hasn't been close since. Yes, they made the wild card in 2002, but the Steelers kind of ran away with the division at that point. Yep. In 2002. So, yeah. I, uh, here's hoping so, that um, the Lions can uh, break that streak somewhat soon. I don't know. Um, you know, firing Matt Patricia basically is probably starting over again. Um, it makes me feel bad for Matt Stafford because I think Matt Stafford's a really good quarterback and his career's kind of been wasted in the Motor City, unfortunately. Um, same with, I mean, like, think about three of, like, or uh, two of, like, the best players ever at their position and 
Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson both spent their careers in Detroit and retired, both retire early or retired early because, you know, they just didn't want to be on the lines anymore. And the lines weren't willing, weren't willing to get rid of them. So their entire, yeah, their entire career and spent and in, in, um, yeah. uh, playing for the low life or not low life, the, um, uh, not so great Detroit lions. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, the Bills haven't won a playoff game since 1996. The Lions haven't won a playoff game since 1992. And uh, the Cleveland Browns, I don't think they have won. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure they haven't won a playoff game since Bill Belichick was there yeah, in 1994. Correct. And they, they have not won a playoff game since like the expansion. But I mean, they don't hold the longest streak. That the honor of that belongs to the Cincinnati well. I mean, Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals got Joe Burrow now, and they got they do have some players on offense. Um, hopefully, Joe Burrow's okay. He comes and he comes back nice and healthy next season because I, I, I love a good rookie quarterback and any just having good te- good players in the NFL that are young to take over these take over for these aging quarterbacks that are on their way out, like players like you know Philip Rivers and. Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady and Drew Brees. It's nice to have. It, it's really good to have good, good young quarterbacks in the next generation. Um, that ACL injury he had was really hard to watch, especially after having a great season he, he's been having so far. Considering he's on like one of the worst teams in the NFL, yeah. that has a, a really bad management. So, uh, yeah. yeah, here's hoping Joe Burrow gets better and they can they can snap that losing streak in the, or that losing streak in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I hope the Bengals snap that soon. But that is our picks this week for week 15 of the NFL season. It's also going to wrap it up for the Saquon episode, episode number 26 of Broad Sports. I can't, Charles, I can't thank you enough for being on here for the second time. Hopefully, Pleasure's I been all mine, Kevin. In the future, my man. Absolutely, my friend. Well, that is it for episode number 26 of broad sports please follow broad sports on our social media pages on instagram and twitter at broad sports